0: Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails.
3: Thank you for tuning in to the NFL Players Podcast. I'm your host, Peanut Tillman, and today we have NFL legend Scott
4: Turner. Nice to be with you, brother. So what have you been up to lately? Well, lately, uh, most recently, uh, I came home from the White House in 2021. Yeah. Um, From 2019 to 2021, I led the Opportunity Zone Initiative. Okay. And Um, what is that? What is that? So Opportunity Zones are poverty-stricken. Uh, neighborhoods in America. So really, um, you know, the neighborhoods in urban Mm -hmm. and rural and in tribal neighborhoods that have a a low median income, they have a high poverty rate, high crime rate. It's really the hood of America. Right. Right. But, you know, so much potential and promise and and precious people Mm -hmm. that live there. And so I got appointed um, by President Trump to work with Dr. Ben Carson. Yeah. And to lead to what they call the White House Opportunity and Revitalization Council. Mm -hmm. And from a high level, my job was to go into these communities and convene stakeholders together. Mm -hmm. So community leaders, faith leaders, education leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and elected officials. And really, you know, we would have the hard conversations like, why does the neighborhood look this way? Right. Or why has there not been investment, you Mm -hmm. know, in this neighborhood in decades? But then as we convened together, once we recognized what the issues were, then we would come up with a strategy for long-term sustainability.
3: Right. Now, each each neighborhood or each state mm-hmm. was different, right? This the was. strategy wasn't the same right. for each, like, say, it, it might be different in a tribal right. community versus an inner city community Absolutely. on the West Coast or East Coast.
4: That's exactly right. So okay. in Opportunity Zone, you know, they all kind of had the same criteria. Right. Right. But south side of Chicago is different than, you know, um, Roanoke, Virginia. Right. Or the south side of Philly may be different than the tribal nation in Olympic Peninsula. Okay. You know, but poverty was a common denominator. Right. Sometimes in these neighborhoods, they needed housing, Mm -hmm. workforce housing. Sometimes in these neighborhoods, it would be new businesses to be started. And around America, I traveled to about 80 cities Mm -hmm. around our country and, you know, some downtowns that used to be thriving in rural communities or urban Mm -hmm. communities, you know, through the years, through decades have gone down, you know, and been blighted and dilapidated. But they still have beautiful structures there. Mm -hmm. And so with the Opportunity Zone initiative, you would get private investors that would come in and partner with local municipalities and take these structures that have been abandoned and then turn them into retail right. or turn them into com- condominiums or rental places for the people of the city to live in. So with the 80 cities that you
3: traveled to mm-hmm. what was one of the underlying problems that you saw reoccur over and over again? Cuz I know they're all different but like right. what was one of the main things that just it, it just kept coming up over and over again?
4: That's a great question and one would be a decrease in population. You know, a lot of times in smaller towns, mm-hmm. rural towns, or even some urban towns, um, people will move out and not come back. And so when you have a decreased population, you know, investment goes down, opportunity goes down. And so part of the thing that I wanted to do, or our team wanted to do, is to give people a reason to stay yeah. in Tamaqua, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Give people a reason to stay in Coatesville, Pennsylvania, old steel town. You know, and but when the steel industry, when the coal mine industry went down, you know, people left. Right. But now rebuild it, you know, take some of those old structures, those old buildings and create jobs, create opportunity for people to stay. And so that was one um, really common thing that I saw. And another thing was that people, a lot of times when you're in a situation, you don't see the potential. Right. And so it takes people to come from the outside, you know, like myself and others say, you know what? And give strategy. Like I believe that you can use this particular part of town uh, to start a retail center right. or to build a data center or to open a charter school or whatever the needs for that town. were. And sometimes, just like with our kids, they hear mom and daddy all the time. And sometimes they take an outside voice to say the same thing that we've told them. And they're right. like, oh, I got it. Um, and so those are two of the things that I saw mostly. Uh, but, you know, poverty, uh, it impacts everybody directly or indirectly. Mm-hmm. Urban poverty may have a different location than rural poverty, but it's poverty. And when you create opportunities for people and allow people to use their skill sets or to use their passions or to realize their passion, or even in some places, peanut, like young people didn't realize that they like to do manufacturing, that they like to work with their hands Mm -hmm. or that they like aviation. And so our job is to expose them uh, to these different industries and help them to, to thrive in those areas.
3: So being an athlete, how did you play like that transition? You played nine years in mm-hmm. the league. And then how did you make that transition from football into politics to White House? Like, how did how did that come about? Was that something like you were always interested in being in, in, in politics? You know, it, or did it was kind of come. It was just like it just happened one day.
4: Right. Well, kind of wanting to say uh, when I was playing for the Broncos, um, this was 2003. OK. That summer, they came around and said, we're going to have an internship program. And they brought a sheet around, you know, with different jobs, financial um, or wealth advisor, refereeing, insurance, real estate. And at the bottom of that sheet, you know, it said U.S. Congress. And that struck me because when I was playing for the Redskins, I was always intrigued and fascinated by downtown D.C. Yeah. You know, the Pentagon, the White House, Congress. And so now you fast forward, you know, six or seven years later, and the opportunity came to do an internship with U.S. Congress. And so I took that opportunity and I interned with a U.S. congressman there in California, in San Diego, named Duncan Hunter. Mm-hmm. And he exposed me to what is the process of Congress and the Senate. I would travel with him and go talk to military uh, servicemen and women in different installations around the country. So it kind of stoked the fire. yeah. And so when I retired from the NFL um, and moved back to Dallas, an opportunity came up to run for the Texas State House, And it was a brand new district. And some of the friends that I had there in Dallas, they encouraged me to look at it, you know, because it's a new district. It was newly created. It was in the place uh, where I lived close by. How long had you been retired? Uh, I had been retired for five years. OK. Uh, and the congressman that I in, interned with, I actually worked with him the year I retired just in doing special projects. And so I stayed involved with it. And then when I moved back to Dallas and the seat came over, I actually ran for it uh, and I won. Uh, and so I served in the state house for five years, for two terms. Yeah. And uh, it was tremendous. But that's kind of how the progression of how it started.
3: Now, have you done anything at the, the U.S. Congress level or is it is it just all state level in yes, Texas?
4: State level. Uh, I was elected at the state level. uh, And then in 2019, that's when I went to federal. Got it. When I received the uh, presidential appointment to run the Opportunity Zone. That's that's what's up. I've been in the White House. Mm -hmm. I think I did a tour one
3: time and then I did an internship with with DHS. And then I had a buddy who worked in the White House on Obama's detail. Mm -hmm. And I had lunch at the White House mess.
4: Yep, that's it. Or the,
3: the name they come men's? in, yeah, 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 and they come in and they they. I ain't gonna lie, man. It was some, it was some good cooking. It was some good it home is, food
4: cooking. It's a different feeling when you go in there. You kind of know you somewhere different. Oh yeah, yeah. most
3: definitely. Because like they didn't, they didn't have uniforms when they had suits. That's right. And you got <laughs> like all this expensive, fancy-looking china mm-hmm. that's probably a hundred plus years old. That's right. So yeah, it was a, uh, it was definitely a really um, it was a, a unique experience right. that I, I, I might not ever do it again. But it was. It was one that I'm. Um, I'm, glad mm-hmm. to, uh, I'm glad I got to. I'm glad I got to experience that. Good, we'll so do it again. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. I'd love to do it again, man. I, I'm. I'm. I'm all about DC. I think it's like you said. The 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 uh, food is good, but yeah. the the mall, not the malls, the uh, the monuments, the monument. the, uh, the museums. Right. You know. Um. Have so when you were there, did you ever get a chance to go to the uh, the African American Museum? Yes. Yeah.
4: So we, uh, my <laughs> wife and I. We toured the African American Museum and because I heard that they had great food. Yeah. Other than just the museum itself, which is tremendous, they have the best food and it's soul food. Yeah. So we went in there and got chicken, you know, collard greens, sweet potatoes, cornbread. And when I tell you, it was packed. So it's a known fact in DC from the people that work in and around DC yeah. that the African American uh, Museum is a tremendous place to visit, to tour, to learn history, but also to eat lunch and it's great fellowship in there. Yeah, because you see people from all tribes, nations. And I mean, it's just fascinating. And you know, you brought up a point about DC. DC is the epicenter, or really the heartbeat of our country. Mm-hmm. And when you think about just the the gravity of what happens in D.C., the leader of the free world, whoever that president is, sits in the over office on 1600 Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And when you go there, you know, every time and I've been going to D.C. since 1995. But every time I fly in to Reagan Airport over the Potomac River, I know I'm in D.C. Yeah. And when you go inside of the halls of Congress or you go in the White House like you did, not, not very many people have been to the Navy Miss. No, you know? no.
3: That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's, we uh, – there was a – I think it was a national security advisor uh, who we had lunch with. Okay. And he kind of gave us a, a little bit of a, a history lesson. We went. I got a chance to go into the, uh, the room where all the cabinet members – The cabinet room? The cabinet room, yeah. And then he was like, yeah, this is the room when they – you know, they killed Osama bin Laden. This was – we were in this little room. Oh, the situation room. The situation room. Yeah. yeah. So I got a chance to go all back there. Like yeah. it was. It was. I got a more of a behind the scenes yeah, uh, yeah. tour, but it was. It was actually. It was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. because I, I know a lot of people don't get a chance to they see don't. it. So it was. Yeah. I, I I enjoyed it. I've done. I've been there like a couple times. I did mm-hmm. the the Easter. The yeah, Easter egg, world right. or Easter hunt, or something like on that. On the lawn. On the lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did it one other time where just my wife and I, we just did like a regular, mm-hmm. the, the general tour where right. they just like, this building is right. blah, blah, blah. This Abraham Lincoln. And yeah, then they take you on the East Wing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I got a chance to do a lot of, um, yeah, been to the Pentagon, got a chance to do that. That's awesome. My, um, my father in law served. He did thirty years. My dad did twenty. Oh wow! But my father-in-law served with uh, General Ordierno, Ray oh, wow. Ordierno, and he at the time was one of the. He was the main guy for the army. Yeah. So he was the joint chief for, for the army. So mm-hmm. just regular. We've had a great o. experience. I, I, hey, General O, I'm I'm gonna be in town. I love to come <laughs> holler you at going. you at the. Um, come holler at you at the Pentagon. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come here at this time. I'll have one of my aides come get you. So yeah. I go there. I meet one of his aides, mm-hmm. and I go up, and he's like, "Yeah, what's up? What's going on? How you wow, doing?" Wow, that's cool. And then he, you know, he's like, "Yeah, you know, this is this is you know so and so this right here, this globe, blah blah blah." Mm-hmm. Like he just gave me this personal tour mm-hmm. of of the Pentagon, mm-hmm. and I met Admiral. When like it was just a really great experience. So I've is. I've been I've been lucky to know the right people right. to get me in the in, in 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 the back door in 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 uh, in some some really cool places right. in D.C. So it's relationship. Relationships—it's—it's been a lot of fun. And the
4: Pentagon is like a city. Oh my God! I don't think
3: people know that. I don't think I don't think people. What they say is
4: five thousand people are working there. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's huge. It's—it's they got Best Buy. Yeah, they got like all these stores within stores and inside the Pentagon. That's right. Yeah, man, it's it's
0: awesome. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
4: I think Kobe and everybody in are prime, Kobe will
0: win a one on one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got
2: to think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the exactly.
1: Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it,
4: like that. See
1: that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella,
4: point game. I remember mean, you came out from crying tears, I mean, he was in a culture shock, he's going to us about winning. Remember
0: what I told you? I said, I said, OJ, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because it need it?
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200k for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's p-a-c-a-s-o dot The wait is over. The shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner. Leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Oh that's right. Let's let's go backwards
3: though. Let's let's okay. take this back to ninety well, your first year was ninety five. Ninety five. Ninety five. So tell me what was your draft experience like back in ninety five. Okay.
4: So I came out of Texas as a running back. Yeah. And went to the University of Illinois as a running back. And they moved me two or three different times, running back, receiver, running back, receiver. And then my senior year, they switched me to DB, yeah. corner. And it's so- a better position for you. It is better, <laughs> it, it was. You know, I'm 5'9", 172 pounds, running back in the Big 10, right? I could have done it. Right. But anyway, they moved me to DB, and so I started one year at mm-hmm. corner. And um, and then I had I didn't go to Combine. I didn't get invited to Combine. And back then, our defense was like Dana Howard, John Hollisack, Simeon Rice, yeah. Kevin Hardy. You know, So we had a great defense. And so I had a lot of exposure as a starting cornerback. I didn't get invited to the combine. And we had a pro day, and I ran really fast on a pro day. So I had one opportunity. Yeah. And so uh, then I went on a couple trips. I went to the Oakland Raiders pre-draft. And then I went to the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if they're still doing that or not, where kids they go. Do. It. Okay. And so I'm like, oh, shoot, I like, got a shot. You know, draft day comes and I was getting phone calls like first round, second round. Hey, we got you on the board. You know, we looking at you, blah, blah, blah. Well, the first day was over. And this was back in the day where they had the first, first round. second and, and the, third. Yes. Yeah. On the same day. Yep. And then the next day it was on the radio. And oh, wow. so I never heard my name get called. And my wife and I were sitting in, a, in my apartment there in Champaign. Draft was over. My agent called. And, um, you know, I said, well, I didn't hear anything yet. And I looked over. He actually called. I think he called up to the school and they said, I note or something. I can't remember. But we looked up on the wall. And that's when the phones used to be on the wall. You mm-hmm. remember that? Mm-hmm. And the jack was out of the wall. And I went over there, and I plugged it in, and the phone rang for two hours. North Turner was on the other line. But before he called Aeneas Williams' wife, Tracy, and my father called and said, you got drafted. I didn't even know it. The Redskins had drafted me in the seventh round two hours ago, and I had no idea. And I picked up the phone, and it was North Turner. He said, we didn't think you wanted to come because you didn't answer the phone. (laughs) So I got drafted, didn't even know it. I have never heard yes. a draft story like that. Yeah, didn't even know it. Two hours. And he finally said, well, we didn't know if you didn't want to come or if you changed your mind or whatever. So I talked to him, and that's how I found out I got drafted.
3: <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So being that what the draft was in 95, it's this whole big production, yeah. you know, red carpet and all yeah. the stuff that they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for some of these young prospects that are getting drafted right now?
4: A couple of things. One, I would say enjoy the moment. Yeah. Because as you know, playing in the NFL is a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Getting your name called, you know, is a dream come true. It's a privilege. So it's a great privilege. So enjoy the moment. And then I would say uh, be around those that are close to you. Yeah. And allow them to enjoy that moment with you. Because none of us have gotten here by ourselves. Mm-mm. And so allow, you know, be it if it's your parents, if it's, you know, your grandparents or whoever that may be, to enjoy that moment with them. And as you go through that process, understand that the NFL is a fragile thing, that it could be here today, gone tomorrow. As you know, we were very blessed to play a long time, you even longer than me. And you know that every day is a blessing in the NFL. Right. And so to have a mindset that says this can be a life altering, life changing, um, uh, deal for me if I handle it correctly, and those that are around me's lives can be changed too. And so, have a proper perspective, you know. To sum that up, mm-hmm. have your perspective right, and then the last thing I'm gonna say, Peanut, is for them to get the right people around them. Yeah, uh, and make the best of that opportunity every single day, and prepare every single day because, as you know, you one play away from playing, and you one play away from your career being over. And so, have that perspective. And always be ready to give your best in everything you do.
3: That's what's up. Hey, y'all heard it from Scott Turner. Dropping the mic. We're going to end it on that note. (laughs) Boom. Hey, man, appreciate you coming out. Thank you. Appreciate
0: it. Thank you for spending time with me. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.